Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. On the 12th day of podcast, Todd prepared to wear... 12 leather jackets, 11 heavy hoodies, 10 lighter sweaters, 9 festive polos, 8 cozy zip-ups, 7 fancy vests, 6 fancier vests, 5 graphic tees, 4 pairs of jorts, 3 cargos, 2 fuzzy socks, and 2 Santa hats to cover each nip, and 2 Santa hats to cover each nip. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch The, the 12, 12 Dates, Dates of, Christmas. of Christmas. And Merry Christmas season. Even though Merry. I don't know when this episode airs, probably before Thanksgiving. It drops Thanksgiving on Day. Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> we waited too long to start Christmas. We should have started October November 15th. 1st. Yeah. October 15th. <laughs> Start at the same time retail establishments do. Yes. There's just too many good, weird Christmas movies to not, I mean, to <laughs> there, not do this. There are. We are going to run out of spots. Uh, on, on my birthday a week and a half ago, I was walking through stores looking at Christmas decorations because that's the kind of psychosis I have. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was thinking then that we should have started Christmas earlier. We need to be months ahead of this. <laughs> we need to start Christmas in June. <laughs> Natalie and I start decorating for Christmas on November 1st. It, given my druthers. I decorated inside. Yeah. I have an electrician coming Tuesday to help me decorate outside because I don't have outside outlets yet. So I am paying mm. money to develop outside outlets to solely decorate for Christmas. I think your feelings are valid and this is the only course of action. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you clearly have to do that. But I will say we've got to do more Christmas time if we keep doing this podcast because there's mainstream Christmas romantic comedies. There's weird shit like we're doing today that is like ABC fan. Like there's so many. The next one we're doing is a whole genre of Christmas movies because there's so many with a similar title that I'm going to have to be very specific. <laughs> <laughs> we could shift this whole podcast to Christmas romantic movies. I mean, there is another podcast like that already. Is there? Well, that, yeah, there no, no, no. Is. I'm not talking about just Hallmark. I'm talking, we got to go further, deeper, longer. We need to draft up new contracts <laughs> with a Santa Claus. <laughs> 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 and it, that Santa Claus is 
If Santa does not appear, Mikey doesn't do the movie. If we were going to do another podcast. It would be all Christmas? All Christmas movies. I'm not opposed, honestly. <laughs> like, like, I know everyone everyone wants us to do an action movie podcast, which, again, love. Huge action movie fan. Same. But if you were like, Paige, just Christmas movies year-round, I'd be like, I'm so happy. Can I get you C-words, a Christmas movie? A Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever we do our, our inevitable new podcast of just whatever movie, movies we want we should do one christmas movie a month yes <laughs> like, yeah. we could do like home alone month there's like six home alone movies now we could do i will only do home alone if we can get both mccully and kieran culkin to appear on the episode oh my god yes you're setting the bar very high we can barely get ourselves to appear on episode. <laughs> it's our pesky day jobs bro <laughs> As all three of us work harder in our day jobs, it all gets so much harder. That joke was for us, and it's not funny because it's true. <laughs> no, honestly, so that joke hurt. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, was this the first time you guys had seen the 12 Dates of Christmas? It was my first time. No, I picked it. I picked it because I love it. <laughs> I'm picking one next week that I've never seen because I waited. <laughs> I saved myself for the madness that we will endure next nice. week. Uh, but no, I've never seen this movie. I had not seen it either. Mikey, walk us through your first experience of the 12 dates of Christmas. So my experience when I go to like my mom's house for Christmas, and right. I, I don't remember when this movie came out. Can you? 2011. Yeah, sometime, probably the year it came out, I was at my mom's house for Christmas. I used to take off a few weeks of work each year and go to my mom's house and chill out. She watches tons of Christmas movies. This is back before she moved to Nashville, right? Like, you yes, had to travel. Yes. Yeah, because this was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she would do cookies and stuff, and we would yeah. just watch Christmas movies all day and, like, really just chill out. That sounds so nice. Yeah, I'm so fucking jealous. That's amazing. It's the best. It, yeah. it really is the best. Yeah. The bar... During that week or two is set very, very, very low for movies. <laughs> clearly, Mikey. Clearly. Yeah. And then this movie came on and it was like Citizen Kane of Hallmark. Like, <laughs> and I think it was an ABC family movie. So it, it is an even ABC count. family yeah. movie because and you can tell because there's spots for commercials. Yep. Clearly. <laughs> this is even crazier. Well, it's crazy now because you're watching it on Disney Plus and you're like, why does it fade to black every 22 minutes? Yeah. Are you watching it on Disney Plus? Yeah. It's on, it's also on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I watched it on Amazon free without ads. But there's still spots for ads. <laughs> yes, it definitely fades out for at least like a couple of seconds before it comes back. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you're yeah. like, was that it? But it was much better than the normal daytime Christmas movie. I think so. I think some of the acting was way better than I expected. And I will admit that I was like aiming low. I, I thought it was going to be terrible and it was just fine. I think it hits a really good spot of like a C tier Christmas. Like Hallmark yes. is F and terrible and like D <laughs> and like. Yes, I still watch them. Yes, yeah. I still love some of them. And yes, we will celebrate all of them during this all season of, of caring. They're just fucking garbage, though. Like, writing, yeah, no, I agree with you. Because, like, you have, like, studio Christmas movies, which is yes. where I put things like The Santa Claus, like, yeah, or The yeah. Holiday, or whatever. Or the big budget Netflix and yeah. like, the bigger budget. Like, Holiday. I would I would put the Netflix ones at, like, a B tier. B tier, yeah. This is, like, and a then CD. This is, like, a C. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and my the bar, like I said, for, for Christmas movies for me is so low. I just need Christmas in the background going on. There's Christmas in the plot. <laughs> it just makes sense. Yeah. What if Mannequin was sent during Black Friday? God <laughs> damn it, that would be amazing, Paige. Yeah, the first thirty pages right here. <laughs> thirty pages is all you need for these movies. 
<laughs> but like, <laughs> 15 pages in, you're like, he's the ghost of Santa. What? Does it make me feel good? And does it feel like Christmas? And does it make any fucking sense? And like, okay, this movie hit all of that. Yeah. Even though it like repeats the same day over and over again, Hallmark movies still make less sense than this. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I have the same problem with this movie as I do with the song 12 Days of Christmas. And that is you get to about six and you're like, oh, fuck, this is way longer than I remember. And this is way too many. 12 is too many. (laughs) Also, another good standard to hold your kind of like terrible Christmas movies is can you still like play on your phone or read an article or like, you know, do something and still kind of like keep up? I can't. I had to take fucking notes. Well, that's because you have a terrible (laughs) hobby, Paige. This podcast. (laughs) Paige is right. Night seven through like 11, I was like, I don't really pay. I didn't pay attention to that last night. Did something bad happen? Here's the thing. It's a problem that it's like a flip a coin with two sides and both sides are a problem. And other movies have solved it solved it different ways because like when you look at Groundhog Day, that's a lot more than twelve days, but they can use montages to pass time faster, so yes. it doesn't feel like it's paced badly. Then on the flip side, you have About Last Night, where it's only like six times that he does that same day, so it doesn't get old as fast. And by the time you're at the end, it's been different enough each time that you're kind of with it. This movie has the worst of all worlds. <laughs> Because it's yes. tied to the song 12 Days of Christmas, which means you have to see all 12, which means you can't montage through it. But then also 12 is way too many. And so right around day four, they run out of stuff for her to do. And they just start putting in ancillary characters and stuff that you don't care about. And some of them work better than others. Like the baking one, I think is great. Me too. The old lady. Yeah, I love that one. But also ancillary characters you don't care about or CDF level Christmas movie characteristics (laughs) that I need in the movie. Yeah. Of like, here's a person who's talking a lot an hour and 15 minutes into this two-hour Hallmark movie (laughs) who up till this point had just said I spritzed you with the thing or I guess we didn't get hurt but like Jim Jim's like when we went on a day date with Jim I was like what the fuck is happening (laughs) Jim got a full day and got a new wife in the next door baker lady and a new wife Yeah, and and here's the thing it's like the next door baker one is so successful A because it's acted phenomenally but B because it's a person she's been cruel to in every iteration, and it's her learning something about herself and gaining a new hobby and like gaining some kinship with someone who is alone but not unhappy, if that makes sense. And like, that's why that one's so effective. And it's almost like they nail it with that one and then miss it with all of the other ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they come back to her dating Zach Morris, and you're just like, also, he's too perfect. He has uh, no flaws. Well, it's only been one day, technically. It doesn't matter. Everything you find out about him makes him even beyond romantic movie standards of perfect. The only thing he messes up is that he orders for her. That's it. But that's how I am on paper. And you can very quickly fuck that up. But I can pull it together for four hours on Christmas Eve <laughs> to be the perfect guy. To be the perfect guy. I've seen him do it. It's amazing. That's It's like he's a widow and he loved her so much she died in a really bonkers oh, we, yeah, I Okay, no, I forgot we, about we, that. We yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, I'm sorry, what? How did she it's, it's Phoebe Cates levels of nuts. Like, yes, so, so crazy. much. I'm so glad. I was like, I didn't remember this part because I'm like scrolling through my phone and all of a sudden he's like, my wife died. I was like, oh, is he going to talk about it? She's like, she climbed up a ladder. And I was like, 
what? If I was home 45 minutes earlier, she would have. I was like, what the fuck happened on that ladder? Well, she climbed to the ladder to clean the gutters while he wasn't home, which, by the way, as a short woman, would never, would never dare. Yeah. Especially while he's just like gone to the store. Like, it's so crazy. Well, he obviously murdered her. I know. Yeah, clearly. So, like, what I was going to say is remember when you were saying he's the perfect or he's too perfect? Like, yeah. we never go to his house. We never no. see the lady he has chained up in the basement. We <laughs> never see the bodies that he's buried in his backyard. Accurate. Like, he is a murderer. <laughs> Officer, she fell on that rock <laughs> over and over, over and, over, and over. over again well and, and that's part of the thing because like when you find out that he has a wife and she's passed away your brain fills in the gap and so because we find out a, at least a date or two before that he has a wife and that he's a widow yeah and so like by the time you find out what happened to her your brain has already kind of done the work of it was cancer like every that's yeah. immediately yeah. what you assume right is that he's going to be like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and you're going to be like, oh no, just like the guy That's from Spartacus. So she was cleaning the gutters on a stormy night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's as bad as like he dressed up as Santa and went down the chimney and then <laughs> got stuck. <laughs> like, but it makes the movie better. <laughs> so it nuts. does something, yeah. Did you see the book that they she opened yes. as her yes, Christmas gift? Yes, it was the lucky one! <laughs> wait for it, wait for it. Oh my we got to table that. it so we can talk about okay. it in the scene. Okay, table, 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 table. <laughs> okay, let's just open the movie. Yeah, we probably should just jump into the movie. We're t- yeah, yeah, we got to okay. get into it. We got to get into it. Uh, so we open on a pop cover of 12 Days of Christmas, which is the most palatable version of that song in this film. And I still hated it. It's too long. And, and when at the end of the movie, when he's like, I hate that song, it's like the bottles of beer song for Christmas. I'm like, yes. Why did we write a whole movie about it? And the movie knows it. Like, you can write the movie, but, like, don't put the song in every scene. It's, like, its only score. Like, there's that's the only song in this goddamn movie, and it's insane. Yeah, and, and it's just, like, a, a like an instrumental. Yeah. The whole movie. <laughs> yeah. You're, it's like you're sitting in a Christmas store waiting for your mom to get done shopping. Hey, you know what? As someone who worked in multiple malls in Christmas, that's not the song that plays most often. George Michael's Last Christmas is the song that plays the most often. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I still love it. I still start listening to Christmas music in September. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, So we open on store windows in what is supposed to be New York, but is very clearly Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even trying to like fake it, though. Like in some of the like skyline shots, you're like, that's not New York. You're like, I don't know what city this is, some <laughs> architecturally significant one, but it is not New York. In the back, you're like, is that a tower from Dubai? Like, what is this? Do you think they get uh, fresh seafood over there? In Toronto? Absolutely. They can afford fresh seafood in Toronto. It seems like a very <laughs> architecturally significant city. Oh, yeah. Whoever wrote those buildings was top notch. 100%. <laughs> wrote the A building. great author of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so we open on an office party. Yeah. And they're like exchanging gifts and drinking. And here's what I can't figure out for the rest of this movie. What time is that party taking place? 9 a.m. Like a good office Christmas party. Because at one point she intercepts her ex-boyfriend at noon and it's not the first thing she does that day. Like it's after the mall. No, we drink at seven. Like a real American Christmas and they're, and they're drinking like Midori Sours because she's got the bright green yeah. and that was like the drink of 2011. Like, it is madness. <laughs> no, that's advertising. 
<laughs> it's possible so they're exchanging gifts and everyone's like when can we leave because it's christmas eve like and they said after the party which normally your party would be at the end of the day right which is why they're having it at 7 a.m they're like we've got to leave <laughs> also it looked like an office job like i don't really know many offices that are open on christmas eve like that like that type of we're office. not we're closed yeah yeah so oh, there's a lot of plot holes on this being christmas eve which oh yeah totally needlessly be it could have been the week before christmas and this movie would have worked without any sort of hesitation of why would you allow yourself to go on a blind date on Christmas Eve? (laughs) But also, also in this scene, they're talking about other things at the party and they're like, the shrimp is almost gone, which means they were eating like shrimp cocktails. Yeah, breakfast shrimp, Paige. (laughs) You're going to put down breakfast scrimps? Come on now. (laughs) Breakfast scrimps. I mean, I I don't like shrimp, but like Natalie will put down some scrimps any time of day. I love shrimp. And I will eat them anytime. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. All right. She's stand, the same way. I stand corrected. It's a boozy brunchy, <laughs> boozy brunchy brunch. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just like the that you're like totally cool with in, imbibing a, a lot of alcohol and seafood early in the day. I yeah. feel like this is a recipe for vomit later. Oh, it 100% is. But I'm on vacation <laughs> the next through New Year's. Like we're gonna we're hitting it hard. Chris's Mikey's in full effect. I'm going to pass out, sober up, wake up for midnight mass and head out. (laughs) (laughs) So something interesting that this movie does in this scene is pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, right. (laughs) In the very first scene. They do it a lot. It does do it a lot. (laughs) That's why it's the minimum required. (laughs) Because even this movie can pass it. Yeah. Oh my God. And so we cut over to her, to Amy Smart's cubicle and she's calling her ex, leaving him a message. Now this message is really weird because she says something about like, haven't seen you since high school or whatever. They went to their high school, his high school reunion. Haven't seen you since the high school reunion. Okay. Which is where he reconnected with Nancy. So it looks like Max. Is his name Max? Max is the dog, yeah. Oh, okay, what's the the? It looks like the ex tapped Amy Smart to be his date to his high school reunion, which and then they weren't together while he was on the date to the high school reunion. But he didn't want to look like he was going alone. I have a high school reunion coming up next year, so I'm just taking notes. All right, I was supposed to have one this year. Oof, COVID. What happened? COVID. <laughs> I really enjoyed my high school reunion. My last high school reunion. I I enjoyed my last one too. I had a blast. I had a good time. I'm excited. I had a good time too. I'm gonna go back. You gotta go single and then like hook up with somebody who was yeah. like way too hot for you in high school. <laughs> uh, you, are you? You're describing my adult life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why do you think I went? No, I'm kidding. I didn't hook up with anybody. I really enjoyed my high school reunion. <laughs> oh yeah. Reunion hookups. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't hook up with anybody at my high school reunion, but I was probably the fittest I've ever been in my life. And I was walking around with like talking to like these really popular dudes. And when I say popular, I mean like they used to be popular in high school, but like now they own a car dealership. Got it? No, no. They wish they owned a car dealership, but they, they're like <laughs> old and fat and balding. And like their wives still look sort of like they did in high school, but a little older or whatever. And I was just like, oh, these, all these girls wouldn't give me the time of day. And now all they want to do is talk to me. And their husbands fucking hate me because I like still stuck with my cardio regimen it, it was just great i loved it it was so much fun i didn't hook up with anybody though in fact i was dating somebody at the time but she couldn't go with me but it was great it was great 
This is just like Todd's petty level. Oh, just yeah. Like, that's the perfect oh, scenario. Oh, my God. It was because I know this is hard to believe, Mikey, but. You're like, oh, no, my outer shirt got wet. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got three shirts on underneath, <laughs> but don't yeah. worry about it. This may be surprising to hear, Mikey, but I wasn't super popular in high school. No, so, um, it was, I thought you were president of like band or whatever the fuck you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was. I was high school band president and drumline captain. So, um, yeah, it was fun to see everybody again. And sort of how everyone turned out. Like the people who peak in high school, I'm just, it's sad. Don't peak in high school. Honestly, never peak. Just like <laughs> always try and be better than you were the day before. It'll, it'll be great. I also think it's impossible to control that, but sure. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> One time, two girls kissed me in high school at the same time. That was my peak. And that's been downhill since then. <laughs> just kissed? Just two girls at once, but it was a kiss? Yeah. That was your peak? He's got two lips. I got two lips. One, two. <laughs> I gave her the old one, two. Punch? <laughs> one, two, kiss. He went 50 and then also went 50. <laughs> <laughs> then I ran home and cried. <laughs> Because I knew that day, that was the best day. <laughs> and it would never get better than that. Mm -hmm. It's something unforgettable. But in the end, <laughs> it's right. I hope you had the, the time, time of your, of your life. life. Okay, we are getting way off track. And you are the editor. I know, it's easy to cut out big sections. Not easy to cut out my big section. <laughs> Ladies. You need to stop making those kind of jokes. Oh, yeah. No, you need to stop making those jokes. <laughs> okay, so just so you guys know, we just cut out a huge section where we talked about personal stuff, but then we decided that this information was too important, and so we needed to cut back in for a personal conversation. What would your fursona furry animal be? Go. A fox. Did I answer that too quickly? A silver-haired yes. fox? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, a silver fox, sure. I am going salt and peppery, so yeah, let's do this. But Todd mm. actually means like a fox. That's why uh, the fox's name and the fox and the hound is Todd. Mm. So yeah, I'd be a fox. Okay, Mikey. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's an easy answer here. Yes, there is, Mikey. <laughs> it's hard for me to like put myself in these paws. <laughs> Mikey, just try and put yourself in someone else's paws. Okay, either a koala bear. Ooh. What? Okay, all right. A regular bear. <laughs> Define regular. <laughs> like bear. a fucking bear. Like stealing picnic baskets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a gummy dancing bear. in leather like bars. Like I have the body type of a gummy bear. <laughs> <laughs> Bouncing here and there and everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, hell yeah. What about you, Paige? Oh, I think I've got clear cat vibes going on. Oh, yeah. Like, you I, do. I think that's been established, but I'd want to look like the cats from Cats. <laughs> well, yeah. The butthole has definitely got to be involved. Yeah, prominent butthole, leg warmers, crazy makeup. I don't want to offend the audience of the fur persuasion. Uh, <laughs> the persuasion? persuasion? Yeah. Are you allowed to pick? non-mammals like can you be like i'm a dolphin they're gonna be like get the fuck out of our convention it's a little more like predator prey kind of vibes i think yeah oh i don't like that not not in a sexual way because not uh, all furry interactions are sexual but Paige, it's not not sexual well for some people it's not like i know i know i know yeah yeah do they have a different color fur or like what's I, the same fur it might also just be that like you know a dolphin is a difficult cost like a fursuit to have like, it's tough to dress up as a fish. It's easier to dress up like like a sexy lion or whatever. You could easily be a sea turtle. I mean, then be a sea turtle, Mikey. Is that what you want? I don't know what I want. I was just wondering <laughs> if your non 
prefer would the rest of the people get angry at you? Like, here's a room full of like rabbits and foxes and like dogs and furry people. And then you come in, you're like a fucking turtle. I actually, I have someone we could ask if you want me to ask. It's a shame we had Andrea on last week. We could have just asked her on the episode. <laughs> it's not Andrea. No, I know, but I know, I know. Yeah, can you text Blaine? <laughs> but if you want me to ask, I can ask. Text Blaine Armando. <laughs> it's, it's, it, is not, it is neither of them, although I am now curious as to what their answers would be. Well, while we wait for their response, maybe we should get back into the episode. We've done one scene and went on a 20-minute tirade about really personal, weird stuff. Okay, so we're still at the holiday party. Wow, okay. Holiday party, she calls her ex, leaves a message, and then she opens the present from her secret Santa, and it is a copy of... The Lucky Lucky Ones! I laughed so hard! So did I. Because 10 years ago, I did not know what the fuck that was. No, and now, how could you not? You mean one of my top 10 favorite romantic comedies? (laughs) Yeah. We do mean oh, that. Man, I want to watch it again. <laughs> so, just for that scene where that guy pulls out a loaded gun in the middle of a crowded square. <laughs> a f- farmer's market, page. A farmer's, farmer's market. market. On town square. So you're both, you are also correct. I think once a year we should lead a walk from Colorado to Louisiana. <laughs> for the cure. Yeah. The cure to what? The lucky one. Nicholas Sparks is the disease and we have the cure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I saw that and I loved it. And I love that she hands it off to some guy. Oh, did we get a response? We got a response. So we we did ask a cult podcast listener who has helped us out with a, a few different things before. But I asked if people ever dress up as non-fur animals as their fursona. And they said, absolutely, sharks are very popular. Oh, very, very smooth skinned. Yes. I would dress as a shark, but it would be one of those street sharks from the cartoon from the 90s. Oh, I thought you meant like you dress up like one of the sharks from West Side Story. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've got pictures. This is a tiger shark. Oh, my God. I hate everything. (laughs) And this is just another shark. Here's the thing. I don't. I think the level of creativity here. I mean, that shark's got tits. Okay. 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 Now that we're talking about it, as a mental health professional, this, this, is, this is okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, 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 okay. I feel a very big problem with the mental health epidemic in America specifically, or in the world, is isolation, and people haven't found their people. And so I will make fun of groups, but if you go and you LARP, or you go and you're a furry, or you go and you do your weird little niche things, I... And fine with it as long as you have close, real friends you can turn to when you don't feel good. And I feel like that is a major problem. And you need to find your people and flourish there. And so I still want to make fun of your people. But I would love that you have your own people. I mean, first of all, the ingenuity. Secondly, we got to go to Ren Fair. So, like, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I go to Ren Fair every year. I love Ren Fair. It's the best. Shocking no one, Tom. Many of these people who have committed atrocious acts to humanity or themselves or someone, you know, a lot of these people are very isolated and very alone. Wait, what, I do, what is atrocious about this? Well, like a lot of mass shooters also have a lot of characteristics of someone oh, who is okay. suicidal. Okay, I think you need to clarify because it sounded okay. like you were calling furries atrocious. No, no, no. And I'm not comparing them to mass shooters. I'm just saying, uh, you know, a lot of people who commit acts of violence against other people and themselves, especially randomly, have like this very large isolation component in their lives. Yes. Mm. And so if you find your niche, your little group, and you like to care about each other and you like check on each other... I don't care what you're doing. If you're hitting each other with foam swords or hitting each other with furry dicks, you know, I just, as long as you guys take care of each other, I'm all there for it. 
We need to put that on a shirt. I don't care if you're hitting each other with phone swords or furry dicks. dicks. You just take care of each other. Just foster those friendships. All right. Well, now that we know, I want to see your fanfic art of Paige as a cat, Todd as a fox, and Mikey as a koala bear. I I think koala bear is my favorite. (sighs) Okay. Is it because they eat all day? And then eucalyptus, don't exercise baby, enough? Yeah, they just hang on those branches, eat eucalyptus. Maybe I'm a koala bear. <laughs> and they have chlamydia. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, I want to be a cat again. <laughs> For the record, Mikey doesn't have chlamydia, to my knowledge. It's curable. <laughs> so, so not anymore? <laughs> no, 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 I don't have it. But I'm just saying, if you get it, Take some penicillin. You'll be fine. That's true. Yeah. If it's if you had to get one of them, that's choose that one. Yeah, that's you want one of the Okay. So the holiday party. <laughs> yeah, so we're at the holiday Holy party. Holy fuck, can we get back into the episode, please? <laughs> oh, we get she gets a copy of the lucky one. And she has to go out and buy a present for the guy that she just left a message for, her ex. And this is when you meet her best friend. Yes. Who I crush on hard. Her best friend is very pretty, but she has no teeth. I don't know if you noticed. She has a lot of teeth. I saw the teeth. <laughs> I looked in her mouth. I can now tell the difference between her and Casey Anthony. We go- <laughs> that bonus episode is bonkers. <laughs> we got to do another one with games. So she left a message basically being like, hey, I got you something. Let's meet up for Christmas. I'll see the dog, blah, blah. And so now she has to find a gift for him. So she goes and asks one of the guys in the office, would a guy like this book? And it's the lucky one. Yes. And he's like, no, absolutely not. And she goes, well, then here. And I've got to go shopping. And then he opens it and says, oh, I've oh, got have this one, one at home. home. I love that. It was so funny. But I mean, yeah, you're going to say don't get that to a guy, even if you like the movie, The Lucky One. I mean, come on. I think everyone should get The Lucky One as a gift. Also, I was surprised it was that long. That book is thick. Yeah, it is. That's like a that's like a later year Harry Potter level of thickness. It's because they cut out the whole walk from Colorado to Louisiana. <laughs> that's the first nine chapters. It's a lot more like Lord of the Rings than you think. <laughs> yeah, where exactly. he's like, I have to stop for 11 Z's and also I found elves. And then part of the way from Louisiana to Colorado was like underground. And then there was this Balrog. And I was like, you shall not pass. What you don't <laughs> know is that Rivendell is actually in between Colorado and like Louisiana so he had to stop and like hang out with the elves it's a whole thing yeah and they were like you have to take this photo and throw it into the volcano of her heart in Louisiana (laughs) (laughs) and the eye of Sauron aka her ex is going to be watching you the whole time The thing that I really liked about the the beginning chapters of the lucky one, because this is not in the movie, they cut it out. But when they're in Rivendell and he's like, I have to walk to Louisiana, that dog is like, you'll have my bark. (laughs) (laughs) And my bow. And my axe. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why, but they cut out the elf and the dwarf in the the movie. It's really weird. They're pretty big characters. Probably because everyone would have been way more attracted to the elf than the guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are legit 45 minutes into this recording and we're still at the goddamn party. <laughs> so they leave the party to go God. find a gift for her, for this dude. To be clear, it is Amy Smart and her, her best friend. Right. Who, whose name is like Miyoko. Miyako, I believe is her name. We don't we don't hear it until the end of the movie. I know. I didn't know what it was until like the very end. I was like, what's her name? Yeah. So they go shopping and she's kind of detailing why she's trying to reconnect with this ex with 
Miyako. Amy Smart's kind of an asshole. Yeah, it's amazing she has a friend. Yes, in the beginning of the movie, she is. Yeah, well, and and this is part of that because she's detailing how, why she's trying to reconnect where she's like, we'll get back together, then date for a couple years, then by year four, we're like married. And there's this whole thing of like, she has planned out her life with a person without any of their input. Yes. And then this is also where we find out that in the middle of that, she has a blind date today that she promised her stepmother that she would go to her stepmother who she hates for no good reason she replaced her mom that's why <laughs> she, but here's the thing like okay i would understand if this had happened when she was like i don't know 12 but she's a grown yeah. adult Paige, you're right she does behave like a child yeah, i know and her mom climbed up that ladder to clean those gutters. <laughs> at a certain point as an adult you have to accept that parents are not around forever and you will lose them and that is sad but at the same time like some of us accepted that early when your dad walked out on your family how did that make you feel mikey <laughs> that'll be 120 dollars. <laughs> i think it's very strange for an adult to lose a parent and then for that the remaining parent to find an, a new relationship and for that adult to be so averse because it's not like her dad is, you know, married to like some young gold digger. It's a, a woman who is appropriate for his age and they seem to get along well and enjoy each other's company. It's baffling. They seem super happy together. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so her friend leaves because she's like, your plan is crazy and I can't be a part of this. Which is like, that's a good friend to be like, I won't enable your insanity. <laughs> Just like, peace out. Well, yeah, because Amy Smart's plan is to blow off her blind date more or less and then just yeah. go try and win her ex back tonight. Yeah. And again, this is Christmas Eve. This is a very packed day. Yeah, yes. it's Christmas Eve. Uh, and they're in the like emptiest mall on earth on christmas eve like i don't know if you've ever tried to go to the mall well, on yeah no one shops on christmas eve i mean everyone's already done by that point with their christmas shopping right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i i was watching and i was like i don't know what christmas eve this is in new york that there's no one in macy's is where i assume this is supposed to be like i mean maybe their amazon prime is like really good about getting you the packages that day in that city but here on Christmas Eve. I don't think I have had a Christmas Eve in the last decade that I have not been at a store on Christmas Eve at some point. And it's always terrible. Even if it's just buying tape or whatever. And it's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Or like wrapping paper. More often than not, yeah. I have their gifts a week or two beforehand, maybe longer. I but always I always forget, forget wrapping, wrapping yeah. paper. Absolutely, Mikey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Or gift bags or whatever. Like, that is my downfall. I will definitely be at Target on Christmas Eve. Absolutely. I'm getting excited about Christmas just talking about it. What are you getting <laughs> me, Mikey? <sighs> Another year where I let you live. Oh, that's the best gift of all. <laughs> but also, we got you this shark suit. <laughs> and a cameo. And a cameo from Michael Rappaport. <laughs> who are you gonna ah, thrust who are you gonna trust we honestly we need mondo for that joke i we, god that episode was so bonkers that was back when you oh sounded different page yep on the horror version <laughs> yeah. on a whole different podcast completely different 50 minutes <laughs> yeah this is not going well i have to work early so like yeah my dog has an early work meeting so like i gotta <laughs> fuck
so anyway, so someone sprays perfume at her, which, by the way, it's five golden rings perfume. Like they're they try to put something for each of the days in like sometimes you catch it, sometimes you don't. The most obvious one is the hockey player who's like number 10 and and the hockey team is lords. 10 lords. And it shows him jumping over something in slow motion. You're like, yeah, we get it. Stop beating us over the head with the worst Christmas song. Yeah, I'm looking at that. So- I'm looking at that Sonic the Hedgehog perfume. All the golden, uh, the golden five rings. rings. I played a lot of songs. I don't know why, but it sounded to me like you were playing like some Chicago PD officer yeah. who was like trying to get. Yeah, I'm for looking for the life. Sonic, the yeah. Sonic perfume with the golden rings or whatever. I need a, I need a lifestyle Sandy of Doctor Robotnik. I need the five rings <laughs> perfume. I need, like, I need like a cake in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> So she passes out. This is the weirdest like time travel time loop. A hundred percent ever. Like the the amulet in Night Before Christmas makes more sense than this. Oh, which, by the this way, this is just like a brooch on the like a shopping network. Oh my god! Well, we haven't even gotten to that. We're just at the perfume. Yeah, we don't even know that oh exists. Oh my god! Here, okay, here's the sorry, thing: sorry. Is, yeah. is it the perfume or is it the QVC? Is she time traveling <laughs> through the power of QVC? What is happening? It doesn't make what is any happening, sense. Talk? Well, and because <laughs> I don't know, Paige, I didn't write this movie. But like the thing that drives me insane is it sort of seems like the first I don't know five or six times she travels, it's because she's. Like that, the witch brooch or whatever it is. Yeah, like, she's seeing that evil eyeball on the partridge in the pear, tr- pear tree. And then it happens plenty of times when she's not watching it later on. Like, what the fuck is it? It's because that perfume flux incapacitated her. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm standing up. I'm clapping. <laughs> That is what that joke deserves. I wanted the perfume lady to be the crone from Night Before Christmas. Yes! Sorry, I'm so far away from the mic. I want you to hear me yelling. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Time travel. (laughs) There is a time travel Christmas, like Hallmark movie coming out with Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson. That's what I sent y'all on the the group chat. Back to the Christmas. It's called (laughs) Next Stop Christmas. It came out November 6th. And it's about a woman taking a train ride back in time, literally, to see what would have happened if she married her ex. With Leah Thompson and Christopher Lloyd. Is Christopher Lloyd her ex? I don't, probably not. He's probably the train conductor, which would be amazing. No, I'm looking at it right now, Mikey. He is the train conductor. (laughs) Yes! But is is it basically like a continuation on... Back to the Future 3 where they have the cowboys and the trains and everything. Is is he just like Doc from Back to the Future 3 where he's just like, Leah Thompson, where we're I'm going, f- we're not going to need tracks. Like, what is that? I would love it if canonically it is a part of the Back to the Future universe and Christopher Lee is still driving that train that flies I mean, it'd be end. extra weird if it was Christopher Lee. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. And Christopher Lloyd is dri- flying that train at the end of Back to the Future 3. Oh, Fuck, I love this. What's Lord Summersile doing here? <laughs> anyway, we need to talk about the movie we have to finish. Let's do this one now. <laughs> Please, Jesus Christ, the 12 dates of Christmas. <sighs> okay, so she wakes up on the floor after passing out. She walks home past a guy with tangled lights who's trying to put together that light snowflake, which is the weakest of the cutaways. Uh, she gets back into her into her apartment building and the elevator's broken so she has to walk up all the stairs where she then runs into her neighbor who gives her a cherry chip loaf. Which is what? Because it sounds delicious. It does and I was trying to copy the recipe as they were making it so I could make one but they don't give you the whole thing. Honestly, I don't like cherries so I probably wouldn't like it. I love cherries. 
I do, but it is probably maraschino cherries or candied mm-hmm. cherries. Okay. Um, and it sounds like it's like a pound cake Ooh. with chocolate chips and cherries yes. in it is what it kind of sounded Ooh, like. I'd probably try that. And she's such an asshole to her neighbor. And like, She is. If someone made me something for me to eat on Christmas Eve, that's very nice. Also, she definitely killed her dog with that chocolate chip loaf in one of those nights. But there's no consequences. I don't blame her for it but when she puts that loaf on the ground and just tells her dog not to eat it there's no way that dog's not gonna eat it you put it in a place where it's easily accessible have you not learned the one rule about dogs they will eat anything off the floor well they'll eat anything in their path like if you leave it near them they will eat it yes i have a work story but it's not relevant to the podcast but i watched a woman make out with a dog on wednesday and it was maybe the worst (laughs) thing i've ever seen (laughs) i will occasionally let my dog lick my face was it that sort of thing i don't lick it back let me let me paint a picture for you too, since we're like getting in the we're like since we're loosening up. We're, we're, it's an hour and a half warm up for this podcast. Yeah, we're fifty six minutes into this recording. Go ahead, Mikey. Last week, right at work, right, a woman was having to go away. I'm uh-huh. not going to use any details, and right, she wanted to, to say goodbye farm. to her dog. And we uh-huh. were like being very nice, we're like, yeah, kiss your dog goodbye. Here are their faces. They connect, and then there's a turn. And then it's oh. like hung back and forth. And me and this one officer were like, <laughs> I ended up touching the officer's back. I was so, <laughs> you were so shook. I hated it. But I just want you both to know that like it haunts fucking haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the dog off and I gave it to the person it needed to go to. And I felt <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs. I don't love dogs like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what you didn't know was that the inside of her mouth tasted like bacon strips. The dog or the person? (laughs) I I just want you both to know that I'm in a sensitive place. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that dog's tongue was. Uh, (laughs) All right. So she gets home. And her house is an assault on the eyes. Oh, my God. What was up with the fucking severed heads? I Not only the severed heads, but like the crazy yellow walls and the mismatched yeah. patterns everywhere. I was like, do you live in a pair of Zubas pants from the 80s? Because like that is what it looks like in here. Yeah. It is. Looks terrible. Whew, it was bad. Yeah, set deck did a bad job on your apartment, ma'am. Yeah, dude. So she has a message on her answering machine, which, by the way, 2011, no one had answering machines. No, I was blown away that she had a home phone. I was like, what are you doing with a home phone, Amy Smart? (laughs) Well, okay, iPhones came out in 2010 or 2000. Yeah, 2010. So home phones could be around there. It's weird how far we've come in like nine years. I w- well, here's the thing. I know that in 2011, I was living in my first apartment and I had already lived in like two subsequent apartments off campus and we had never had a house phone because it seemed unnecessary. Yeah, I've never <laughs> yeah. had a house phone either. The iPhones actually came out in 2007. I remember 
because I was on Verizon and couldn't get one for like two years because they were exclusive with Singular Wireless at the time. Now yep, AT&T, Which became right? AT&T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So like, uh, I'm still on my Singular plan. So so am I, Mikey. Yeah, we, hang, we hung on to it. AT&T's like, do you want to change that plan? I'm like, get, get away from me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Nobody, my parents had a home phone and it was only because they'd had a home phone for years. Oh, yeah. And they still have one. I think it was because it came free with their cable. Like, I don't think they wanted one. I will say that somebody tried, like I was setting up cable and they were trying to get me to bundle a a home phone. I was like, no, I really don't want a home phone. Like, I have a cell phone. It's fine. And she's like, well, what if the power goes out? What are you going to do then? And I was like, I don't know. Use my cell phone, you idiot. Yeah, I was like, not call with the phone that's plugged into the wall. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, cell phones have batteries. And I was like, yeah, that I could charge in the car or whatever. But you know what doesn't have like the capability to transcend the electrical inputs of my house? A house phone. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? You know what's wild? House phones still work if your power's out. I'm not even joking. Phone lines, they actually send power through the phone line. Yep. So your home phone, if it's plugged in and it's not like a cordless phone, because cordless phones you need a battery for, right? But if if it's not a cordless phone, it'll work even if your power's out. I'm astounded. I did not know this. I did know that like... So my, my grandmother who passed recently had dementia and we couldn't get her to use a cell phone. Like no matter what we did, we like she yeah. always had a house phone. And one time we found her with her cordless house phone on her away from the house. <laughs> what was the range on that thing? That's awesome. <laughs> well, she her rationale was she was like, it works in the garden. So and we were like, but not at Rayleigh's down the street. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You should have just got her a cell phone and said it was a home phone. We we did, and the buttons are too damn small. Anyway, oh, it's, this th- is okay. not important. That makes sense. I love it. Yeah. We're an hour and five minutes into the recording. We're on the first out of 12 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she has an answering machine for no reason. We're getting worse at this. We are getting worse at this. She goes to the blind date where she meets Zach Morris, who is looking fine. Lay you down. No, I mean, I get it, ladies. He is a handsome man. Yes. Yeah. And in this movie, he is perfect. He is. Except that he murdered his wife. (laughs) (laughs) So we find out that her stepmother kind of recommended him and the bar. He ordered a beer for her, which... This is one of those ones where I can kind of understand it as a mistake because they're just at a bar, but I would have just waited for her to order. I don't know why he does this. I'm not a drinker at all. Like, I've never had alcohol, but, like, I don't get why you would order anything for anybody. Unless, like, they text you and said, hey, get me this or whatever. Right. Right. I would never order for anybody. I mean, his wife just died. And he hasn't been <laughs> because he for murdered a while. her. Yeah, and he murdered her. And clearly, uh, he has control issues where he was shaking he, that ladder. He, he was nervous. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they get into kind of a tiff over the drinks, and then she's just being cold and mean this entire time. She's on her phone. She's being deliberately rude about it, and yeah. then answers the phone from her ex in the middle of the date and just pieces out. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'll see you at your apartment or my apartment or whatever. And then she's like, hey, I have to leave Zach fucking Morris, you gorgeous piece of man meat. I have to go meet my ex-boyfriend who is no longer an option for me. But for whatever reason, I can't see the dreamboat who murdered his wife so we could be together. 
Yeah, right, right. And I did text you guys while I was watching this earlier today. Do you think that the time travel is because of Zach Morris's powers to stop time? No, no. but I do think he did have the option to call a timeout and save his wife, but chose not to. <laughs> I think he called a timeout and moved her off the ladder. <laughs> he moved the ladder out from under her. Uh-huh. Yeah. He pulled a mummy and just like pulled it back, except there were like as if her house was one of those bookshelves. <laughs> just like <laughs> so she was like stilting it for a bit. Oh, I love this. Anyway, so she meets up with her high school boyfriend and it's very obvious that he's like, okay, here's the dog. Uh, good to see you. Bye. Like, I've got something to do. And he reveals that he's got his girlfriend with him and he's clearly going to propose to her later that night. Yeah. Yeah. And also, she's an upgrade. <laughs> you think Nancy's hotter than Amy Smart? I think Nancy is kind of basic. The only time I really <laughs> like Nancy is during the one time where she breaks into the cabin to make sure they get engaged. And Nancy's like, she seems really upset. Should we leave? <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. If you are going to break into your ex's cabin where he has just proposed to his current girlfriend at midnight. Yeah. You know what they're going to be doing? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they weren't naked and like six inches deep into each other. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. But whatever. They're not going to be hanging out in their kitchen waiting on company. Yeah, but you don't want to propose naked. No, I mean, but after you propose, oh yeah, you celebrate and then you start doozling it up. Doozling it up. What are you, Ned Flanders? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Ned Flanders nothing is at all. jacked. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm honestly a little embarrassed I said doozling so I get it I'm so sorry It just came out of my mouth I'm so tired guys He'll wake up I'm tomorrow so morning sorry. and he's like growing a sweater out of his skin <laughs> Anyway uh, So we cut to her dad and stepmom's house Which I swear is the Holiday house It looks a lot like it yeah It looks almost exactly like the Holiday house uh, Just redressed and her dad and stepmom seem sweet. And we find out that her sister and the kids are coming the next morning. So they're like, are you going to spend the night to see the kids? And she's like, no. But this is where we find out that her mom is dead. And she brings it up where she's like, I'm not happy about Christmas because mom's not here. And she does it in kind of like a pointed way to be an insult to her stepmom. Yeah, she's really mean to her stepmom who just wants to love her dad, right? Yes. And her. She, she needs therapy. Yes. Yeah, she does. But don't we all? And she's not even like that. She just does not do well with change or trauma. She just needs to process the breakup and her mom's death. It's fine. Take about six weeks. <laughs> about six weeks? <laughs> That'll be $720. <laughs> she has this whole line of like, when mom died, you found someone to replace her, but I can't replace my mom. And I'm like, that's not what this is. You can replace Everyone, there's seven billion people. <laughs> that's a very callous reading. Um, I I would say I, that's not the point. You're an adult. <laughs> yeah, like, this is completely different. This is you wanting your your parent who has experienced a loss to find happiness. Like I don't know why you'd be so like. I mean, maybe if the person was like you know disney levels of evil stepmother i guess but like she seems cool i don't know what the problem is unless yeah. she killed zach morris's wife maybe she did it because she loved her so much that she wanted zach morris for her that's what it is it's gotta be i like that i like that reading yeah yeah she called a timeout 
on his dalliances with his so-called wife <laughs> so to make him wife? her son-in-law. <laughs> she's super nice. I mean, she is I, super I get nice. It. Step yeah. parents are uncomfortable. And it sounds like she's like probably the Todd of the family because like her <laughs> other siblings have kids and they're coming in for Christmas and they all like the stepmom and they have this Todd just complaining about the change and like, I don't want to deal with stepmom and blah, blah, blah. I mean, blah. I feel like as long as Todd's got enough jackets, he's fine. I don't think he's going to complain. I don't like the new truck you bought into the family. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, while my dad was still alive, I did have a stepmom named Sally. And I love her. She's great. I still talk to her. We're still close. Yeah. But her name is also Sally. So I was like, oh, stepmom Sally. I used to this. <laughs> So what we find out over dinner is that Zach Morris that she was on a date with had already called him and like, hey, she was kind of a bitch and ditched me. Yeah. And her stepmom was just like, do we establish how they know each other? He's her godson. Okay. Did you forget that? Yeah. Because I was like, are they just friends? Like They only bring it up that one time. No, Stacy and Miles dated shortly before he got married. (laughs) You mean Sally and Miles? Shit. My bad. (laughs) It was was kind of like a Harold and Maude kind of thing going on. Yeah. Okay. So uh, she's like, well, I'll just apologize to him in the morning. And Sally's like, the ship has sailed. You can't go back and change it. Like, and tomorrow is Christmas. And tomorrow is Christmas. But also, it's like, you don't get to just be a dick to somebody and then just be like, take you backsies. Like, that's not how it works. I apologize, Paige, but I apologized. It doesn't matter. It's Christmas. But if you apologize, it makes everything like everything you did was okay now. No, Santa is bones and bones help no one. <laughs> Anyways, so she goes home. It's midnight. The TV magically turns on to the QVC channel where a strange brooch transports her through time? Question mark? It is with its weird glowing eyes. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. The only way it could have been better is if every time it shows the eyeball glow and then we start going back in time. If you heard a <laughs> <laughs> Whatever sound a partridge makes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what sound a partridge makes. That's the partridge family. Thank you. Get back on the bus, Paige. We're going to the next city. Anyway, she wakes up on the floor of the store and she's just like, what is happening? Why am I here on Christmas? And they're like, it's Christmas Eve. We bought a goose, Ebenezer Scrooge. And... She tracks through her day and notices that everything is the same and the things that she like because she gave him the present the night before, but she still has it. So like she realizes that it is the same day all over again. And she's not very nice to her neighbor who gives her another cherry chip loaf. And she hears the voicemail from Miles and is like, I can do anything I want because it's a dream. I can stop him from proposing to his girlfriend, which, by the way, you're two years too late. Right. (laughs) Like, you can't show up the day someone's going to propose and be like, rethink this. (laughs) Like, that's not how this works. (laughs) I've seen the movies we've watched. Of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to chase them through an airport or across the Brooklyn Bridge. But I mean, also, they've only been dating three months and he's proposing. Yeah. So they haven't been broken up for two years, Paige. Amy Smart and her ex-boyfriend, they dated for two years and they broke up a while ago and he started dating this new girl when he went to his high school reunion. Right. God, remember when we talked about high school reunions? That feels like fucking an hour ago. It was like an hour and 15 minutes ago. Because it legit was an hour ago. We are still on the second night. Oh my God. Don't worry. It speeds up a lot as we go. So she (laughs) decides to really dress it up and to basically still try to make it work. Uh, And impress him so that he doesn't propose to the other girl. So she goes to the blind date, still dressed up, 
is still a total dick at first. Yeah. But then like to try and like test her hypothesis, she leans in and is like, like, are you sure you haven't met me before? He's like, no, but you smell nice. Kind of like honey. And she's like, honey doesn't have a smell. And I'm like, honey fully has a smell. What planet are you from? I honestly feel like she just had COVID and didn't know. (laughs) <laughs> didn't know this is way before covid Come i on. know i know mikey <laughs> well and she's like talking over him not really listening to him but she does pick up that he says he has a wife yeah and she flips out and is like you're married and he's like well i asked sally not to say anything and what i immediately inferred was that he was a widower and oh, like yeah. i didn't really the fact that she immediately is like my stepmom is setting me up with a married guy i'm like that's not that's not a thing that would happen no I wouldn't think you know anyway a smart's a bitch <laughs> <laughs> she does she treats him very very badly she treats everybody like that She's she consistent. treats everyone bad. Yeah, she yeah. cancels on her parents <laughs> yeah. because she's like, no, I'm I'm going to go get my boyfriend back this time or whatever. And so she dresses up nice, runs into her boyfriend to drop off the dog just like the night before. And this is where she finds out that he's proposing. She doesn't find it out the night before, I guess. And he, it doesn't work. He doesn't care that she's dressed up nice. He's still going to go propose to that girl. Because, and we've talked about this before. Dressing up nice or looking hot does not change the fact that you're terrible. It doesn't. That's true. Yeah. Lipstick on a pig. So she goes inside and she lays in bed eating that chocolate chip cake. Feeds some to the dog, by the way. Yeah. It has chocolate chips in it. That's why I assumed it didn't have chocolate chips in it. I was like, there, there's no way. If you have a big dog, it takes a lot of chocolate to kill it. <laughs> oh, Mikey, why? Why is that something that you know? Because we've all spilt chocolate on the floor and your dogs ate it okay i am looking up recipes right now cherry chip cake mix vanilla instant pudding and pie filling milk vegetable oil chopped nuts and so it's basically nuts and cherries i guess okay so there wouldn't be any chocolate chips okay good cake still isn't good for dogs by the way no i know i know it's not good for people either oh it's great for people (laughs) whatever i'd put chocolate chips in it fuck it (laughs) <laughs> yeah why not chocolate and cherry it's a winning combination anyway so she tells the dog not to eat the cake and then just puts it on the floor where the dog can fully eat that cake yeah but again at midnight the eyeball of qvc stares <laughs> down at her through the ages and she's transported to the floor of the mall yes again which at this point she does something that they also did in night before christmas but i i think not enough people in time travel movies do it and she goes to a doctor and it's just like yeah i have a brain tumor yeah <laughs> i like that though i was like this is realistic yeah is it realistic to get a same day appointment at a psychiatrist on christmas eve oh no, no absolutely not i assume <laughs> that wasn't a neurosurgeon or whatever it was just like her general a PCP? yeah she could have gone to an urgent care clinic i guess that's true it seemed like she but knew that doctor pretty well that's it why seemed i thought like it was, he was like, her primary care provider yeah. yeah christmas eve i mean urgent care makes the most sense but that i it sounds like it was her pcp i want to go to an urgent care clinic and be like i'm reliving the same day over and over <laughs> i have groundhog's day symptoms <laughs> it's christmas <laughs> <laughs> anyway so He prescribes her anxiety medication, (laughs) which she never takes. Well, she loses it after today because. Oh, that's right. Because she doesn't keep anything. (laughs) There's there's no object permanence in this movie. (laughs) Which also means when they rescue that dog, they don't get to keep that dog. That dog is still roaming the streets. I'm very sad about that, actually. (laughs) 
I like to think that he he rescues that jo- dog every day. I hope so. I think you mean that that dog rescues, rescues him, him every day. Yeah. yeah, every day. So she ambushes her ex-boyfriend at his apartment and asks him about like when he bought the ring. And she says to him, I want what you and Nancy have. And he's basically like, then be open to new experiences. Maybe you've already found the person, but like I got a pack. So we cut to the bar where she meets her blind date. And this should have been like date six because they do it so early. This is only like day three. There's nowhere to go from here because this is the date where she gets there and finds out that he gets there early for the date. So like he was actually like trying to make it a good date and he's like nervous to meet her and they sit down and they have a conversation and he doesn't know it's her and they clearly immediately get along and this is where he tells her because she asks how his wife died and she says can i ask what happened he says well it's no great lifetime channel tragedy but it is it 100 (laughs) percent is but here's the thing it's like an insult to the lifetime channel because this was abc family this wasn't lifetime So, and he brings it up again because like he tells the terrible story of the ladder and the gutters and how he murdered his wife. And (laughs) And it's graphic. It pretty much implies that she's lying, dying for 45 minutes and he could have saved her. Yeah, like she like broke her neck and bled out or something crazy. Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) And and then she claps back and is like impressive Lifetime reference. (laughs) And then they both like laugh about how bad Lifetime movies are. And I'm like, you're basically in one. Well, and also in relationship to his wife dying. And they're both like, my wife's dead. (laughs) I think it's established that Amy Smart cannot process trauma that is fair yeah anyway so she leaves she doesn't stay even though they're having like a great time she gets back to her apartment and the cherry chip loaf is sitting outside the door and she picks it up and then actually knocks on her neighbor's door which is a difference it's her basically like i'm gonna be open to new experiences i'm gonna actually say hi and be nice And she says, I would love the recipe. And the neighbor is like, well, come on in and basically teaches her how to bake. And then she all of a sudden becomes an amazing baker over the next few days. But she finds a kinship and a thing that she really likes that she would have never anticipated. And she gets to know her neighbor, who's a fascinating, interesting person. This is the one extra character thing that kind of works. And then the rest just really don't. Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. I thought it was sweet. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like the date date with Jim, though. I don't. I That's the weirdest one for me. He's like, come out to the uh, botanical gardens because I only believe in summer. Yeah, like he just leaves his job in the middle of the day to go to the botanical gardens he on Christmas. Shopping. It's oh. Christmas Eve. He's not working. Yeah, he is working. He works at the mall, Mikey, which means he definitely can't go and I thought no, he was, he was shopping. shopping yeah he had a shopping bag oh i thought he was one of the employees no he's just shopping the only employee in that is the woman who sprays her with the perfume well and security that's the thing there's like three people leaning over her and two of them are employees so i assumed he was also an employee no, no. and you definitely could not leave a store on christmas eve if you're working like I mean, he is older, so he's probably doing it for, like, shits and giggles. He's probably like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go on this date with this chick. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. it. I quit. Fuck it. <laughs> I was only working for the discount anyway. So she goes to sleep after baking all night with her neighbor. And again, time travels for QVC. And then we cut back to the store. And she now at this point is like, okay, this is how I wake up. This is the cycle. Yeah. And she's kind of, like, learned it. She makes it to the jewelers before Jack does 
She helps him pick the diamond. It's so weird. Like, I feel like yeah. until this scene, she still sort of thinks she can get Jack back, which is like, you should yeah. know after the first night that Jack isn't an option and you should start yeah. being a lot nicer to Zach Morris immediately. And she's not right. Like she still tries to get Jack back for like the first four nights. She well, loves him. She has a hard time letting it go. Like take a hint. Well, and he's very honest with her in this scene about why they did not work. Yeah. And, and, and he starts it here. He, the next time they kind of interact, he gets a lot more detailed. But he essentially said, I wish you were more like this when we were together more in the moment because we always seemed out of sync. The implication being she was always planning the future so much that she didn't actually spend time in the present with him. I guess that's also one of like the weird cryptic things that happens when you talk to an ex and you're like, I don't know what the fuck that means. I just don't want to be here. I See, I think when he goes over it in detail when they go to coffee, I 100% know what it means and it makes all the sense in the world. When he's like, yeah, we broke up because your mom died. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, Todd. That is not what he says. He, he says, says I was going to propose yep. until your mom died. Yep. Which, hey, first of all, it's a weird time, but also what he says is, you became so obsessed with getting married, it didn't matter to who. Yeah, but he was already going to propose to her before the mom died. So who cares if she got preoccupied with them getting married after you wanted to ask her to marry you? I mean, it does if she suddenly neglects your relationship entirely in favor of a wedding that you have not even officially proposed yet. I mean, I guess that's fair. I don't know. I wasn't there. It didn't go into it. We're putting a lot of backstory here. I would say the implication and what she takes from it and says to other people is that she did not process her trauma well, losing her mom, and focused her energy on planning for a future without involving him in that planning and not working in the present to get to that future. Okay. Kind of like he did by buying an engagement ring without asking her if she was ready to get married. You mean the new girlfriend? No. Well, her and the first one. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it happens a lot of the time. Well, that's the same thing. <laughs> I'm not going to buy a ring until I know the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would agree. Unless it's like a family heirloom and you just have it. You can just ask everybody to marry you. Yeah. But no, I think, I think that's a different thing than being not being present in a relationship with your partner because you are planning for a future that doesn't exist yet. That's the disconnect. You still have to live every day with your partner. I, I could see how trauma went really bad for her and she became like a total bad person and then he didn't want to marry her anymore. That's kind of what happens, it seemed. Yeah, and a big phrase in therapy is like, you know, trauma happened to you is not your fault, but dealing with it is your responsibility. Yeah. Right. With great trauma comes great responsibility. My Uncle Ben told me that, yeah. R.I.P. Uncle Ben. I love his rights. As I watched him die. <laughs> because I just had to wrestle Bonesaw. <laughs> so he, she walks back to her apartment and she sees the guy building the snowflake made of lights. Yeah, oh, this is the worst subplot of all movies of all time. This is, this is one of the worst ones because she snags the girl that's staying next to him who is his girlfriend and he, I guess, makes her the snowflake every year and he's like, I don't know what else to get her and I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking? Also, get her anything. Literally anything. 
He was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what? So she brings the neighbor home and then they have like a weird girl party. She forgets the blind date and her dinner with her parents. So they show up at her house and she's like a mess. She's drunk. Yeah, it's great. This is drunk my eating a donut. <laughs> and like he still kind of takes her out after. And they do kind of have like a fun conversation, but they've like barely met like again. Christmas Eve too, which is adds another weird that like yeah. I, it does, yeah. But this is for Miles or for Zach Morris. This is the first time he's meeting her, right? Showing up at her house unannounced, uninvited, while she's drunk eating donuts with a new friend of hers. And here's the thing: he's a blind date. Like he happens to know her stepmom, but like if this was any other blind date, and you stood them up, and then they were at your house. Call the fucking police. Like, oh, my God, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah and like, if you thought she was dying, I, I, it's fine. <gasps> but Mikey, I do think you're on to something because he likes to watch women die. <laughs> so when they were like, we have to go over there and see if she like fell getting out of the shower and might be dying, <laughs> bleeding out on the floor. He was like, yes, I want to go see that. Or if she maybe like wanted to clean her gutters and he was like, again, yes. <laughs> so this is where she tells she tells him about Jack and she's like, I think back on all the things I could have done differently in our relationship. But now he's marrying Nancy and he's like, well, there's you there's you could change everything, but you're not Nancy. Yeah. And that's the whole point. It's like you can't change the most important thing. Fate like that is a line that comes up over and over and over in this movie. Right. And we cut to the next day. Where she wakes up, she goes through the day, she gets to the bar, and she runs into the other guy that's been there waiting for a blind date. That every time she walks into the bar, he's like, Phyllis? And she's like, no. And she <laughs> thinks he knows something, but he doesn't. And I don't know why she thinks that. He just kind of looks at her. Just because he looks weird. Yeah, yeah, it's because he looks at her weird, I think. Because, and she knows this, but I think he thinks she's Phyllis, right? Yeah. And because he's asked her every night that she's gone in there, are you Phyllis? Like, Right. She knows the pattern, but for whatever reason, this night she thinks that he's in on her. the reason she keeps waking up on the same day. So she like chases him down and interrogates him. Yeah, it's real strange. It's so wild. Yeah. And in the interrogation, Zach Morris overhears, I just need to find a way to make this night end, which sounds like she's trying to get out of the date with him. So he leaves. She goes home. She has to wait for the time to change from the magical QVC brooch. Right. And then... She wakes up back on the floor. Yeah, I didn't realize QVC was selling time turners. I know, That's so right? Stupid, but also <laughs> it's fucking yes. weird. And then, did you notice <laughs> that, like, a couple nights in, they add a pair of pear earrings? Yes. And then I expected them to keep adding things until it got to this, like, this whole collection of hunting knives. And no, brooches. it should have been everything that you get. Yes. On the twelve nights, like they should have done that. I would have been here for it. Yeah, same. But they don't do it. <sighs> it's fine. It's a C to D level movie. It's fine. I like how you keep downgrading it. You're like, it's a firm C. Well, it's a C to like D level. Yeah. So she wakes up on the floor of the store. This is where she meets Jim and thanks him for always being there. She runs into the snowflake people, the light snowflake people, and she makes it home in time to answer the phone instead of getting the voicemail from Miles. Yeah. And she says, I have a whole other idea. I hope you're up for it. So that night they pick a Christmas tree and then she makes him carry it up all those flights of stairs. It's crazy. Like that is yeah, super pivot. Yeah. Like it's nuts. <laughs> he's on board though. He seems like he's fine with it. He's on board and they decorate her whole house for Christmas 
And it looks cute. And now this is, he wants to put the brown snowball. I think it used to be a reindeer, but it's like a handmade ornament. Oh, I thought it was a bread ornament. (laughs) No, but it's very much like an ornament that my mom kept for a long time that my sister made, which was just like a stuffed brown circle of felt with eyes that we called the Christmas poo. And then we would just put it on the tree. And I don't think the intention was for it to be a poo, but we look for it every year. That and Fritzy the Snow Hussy. Love that. <laughs> we have a family ornament exchange where you have to make the ornaments yourselves. And uh, some people theme them. And so one time my cousin Jason made a snowman and then put these like beads that look like fake eyelashes on it. Like huge fake eyelashes. And he, when we opened it, we were like, what is this? And he was like, it's Fritzy the Snow Hussy. And then we fought for it and we put it up every year. I love it. Fritzy is a great name for an ornament. I love that. It's a great name. Well done, Jason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It was great. So uh, they decorate her apartment. They put the the snowman and everything on the tree. She's got cake that now she has baked because she stole her neighbor's recipe and is taking credit for it. You sound like that's like a bad thing. Her neighbor gave it to her. Yeah. But here's the thing. Her neighbor doesn't even remember giving it to her. Her neighbor doesn't even know it happened. So she just secretly has the recipe. (laughs) Wow. If you think this is the worst thing that happens in this movie, clearly knowing Zach Morris murdered his wife, you're insane. I just am very sensitive to recipes. (laughs) To recipe theft. Recipe theft. You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a motorbike. You wouldn't steal a policeman's hat and take a dump in it and then marry it to... (laughs) First off, so glad you got the IT crowd reference. Secondly, Mikey, did you break your mic stand again? No, I'm not. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey is fully fucking with his mic stand, like in his hand. Like the mic stand is fully off of the desk in his hand, and he's trying to fuck with it. Oh my god! I I wish I had time to edit this episode so they wouldn't know you did this. <laughs> Y'all just keep talking. Keep, keep talking. I'm fine. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so <laughs> the cake is good. And they make it to her dad and stepmoms for Christmas. And she's actually nice to her stepmom. And her stepmom is like, hey, are you guys going to midnight mass? And she's like, no, because midnight. Because we just met. <laughs> and that's really weird. It is. It would be real weird. Yeah. And I guess it's a tradition for some people. And so if the stepmom knew that that would be a tradition, that wouldn't be weird. But like, he basically is like, no, let's go and I'll get you home in time. So they go. And they totally just went hooked up, right? Like if you're leaving a Christmas party with your family on Christmas Eve with your first date, like, and you're going to midnight mass, quote unquote, you're going to get some midnight ass. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to give her the candlelight service. No. So my mom grew up Catholic and they would go to midnight mass on, on Christmas Eve and as like a family. And then they would all go out to like an all like a 24 hour diner. We used to go to midnight service because we weren't Catholic. So it was just like midnight service. But like there definitely would not be a silent night for these two. <laughs> but she would be giving up some holy nights. <laughs> anyway, so the na- her neighbor is there at midnight mass, and so they sit with her, and she turns to the neighbor and is like, "How was baking today?" Yeah, and the neighbor's like, "Good. Like, how'd you know? You know, like, okay." But midnight comes, 
The night ends. She wakes up on the floor of the store. Which confusing because I was like, oh, I thought you did it right that time. Yeah, right? I don't know. Then that's the thing. She does like two or three of them air quotes right. And then the stuff that she has to seemingly air quotes fix for it to like. I think she's just trapped in the song. I think so, too. And the the last one is the only one where he kisses her. And I yes. was like, so is it a kissing thing? Does she have to buy the QVC brooch? Like, what? <laughs> is this a spell that QVC put on her? I think pretty much every night. Well, not every night, but the night she does good. She helps like one or two people. And then the last night she helps everybody. So I sort of thought it was it was everybody. It ends in the kiss. Although I think the kiss happens after midnight because the bells start ringing while they kiss. But whatever. Like, I don't think any of it matters because, Mikey, you might be right. It may just be like she had 12 Christmas Eves because that was the song. That's the world we're living in. It didn't matter yeah. what happened any of those 12 yeah. nights. The 12th night was the last one. I would have laughed my ass off, though, if he had like, he's like, I got you something for Christmas. And it was that Christmas brooch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have lost my mind. <laughs> yes, Paige. Because it's hideous. <laughs> it was my wife's. Oh, no. <laughs> I want a bad Santa style of this concept though i want oh like my god i want groundhog's day but just christmas day and we're like the guy <laughs> just loses it i also feel like the three of us could write direct and star in a bad santa style lifetime movie can i be the disgruntled retail worker yes yes if we could get mikey to say the p word on film he could be the bad santa oh, i'll obviously be looking for love and todd is going to be my christmas angel yes the p word is poinsettia for christmas <laughs> or peppermint so this is the one where she wakes up and she's just like, I'm so upset. And so she and Jim have like a day. Yeah. But my favorite is so she says she's like, I feel like my life is like a parking garage and I can't find the exit and I just want to find the exit. And I'm watching this and I was like, this sounds like a cry she for help. Harm herself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I thought the and same he's thing. Like, hey, well, and he's like, I've got an idea. And in my notes, I just put. 5150 question mark <laughs> like, what's the idea oh, like shit. she just expressed a, a desire for self-harm jim's like i'm a professional i know what we can do here <laughs> <laughs> but instead he buys her you know cocoa and they look at plants and talk about mexico so here's what bothers me about the scene they're in a hot botanical garden wearing coats and drinking hot cocoa Yes, I. That sounds like maybe the worst time of my life. <laughs> I do not want to be in a tropical rainforest eating, drinking hot cocoa. It's December. You're sweating indoors in a in a hot botanical garden, <laughs> drinking hot yeah. cocoa. Just listening to the music of the botanical garden, like melakalikimaka is the thing to do. So anyway, she's like, well, what would you do if you basically could do every day over again? And he just says, I would do anything. So this is the one where she goes on like a shopping spree and gives stuff away. She gets a tattoo and a haircut. She rents a Ferrari. She buys a Ferrari or rents it. I don't know. Drink champagne. She invites everyone over to bake, which is actually really fun. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but this is where we find out that the guy has only been making light up snowflakes for three years. And like, that's all he buys her because he doesn't know. Because like, he's oblivious. Yeah. She hates it. Because like, he's oblivious. Yeah. Like, why stay with that guy? Like, she fully hates that guy. Like, that boyfriend and girlfriend, that girlfriend hates him. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's implied in this scene that Amy Smart learned how to like perfectly ice cookies on YouTube that day. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, oh, we didn't see you do that, but fine, whatever. That's it's movie magic. Right. See, that kind of makes me I want a Groundhog's Day Christmas where like she becomes like the ice sculpting Bill Murray, like perfect at every <laughs> Christmas activity. You know what I mean? Yeah. She steals the Macy Day Santa and just drives off a cliff. Yes. yes. <laughs> because Groundhog Day has so many more days to it, there's time for that. Because like this movie's only 12 days. And so she doesn't really have time to do much. But Groundhog Day, you've got all that time and all those montages for him to get good at stuff. And so this movie, like, it's not as intense as Groundhog Day, so she can't really do all that much. But it's also too long to be like about last night. And it's it's that split difference that just no thanks. I know. I, that's why I wanted the Groundhog's Day. I, I, yeah. I love Groundhog's Day. So she wakes up on the floor of the store again and goes to help the snowflake guy and takes some of his extra lights. She makes it home in time for the phone call. She basically is like, well, forget Nick's. Where would you like to go? So they meet up for a hockey game that he coaches for kids in like a, a, a group home. A group home. Yeah. Group home. Yeah. My brain wanted to say halfway house. And I was like, that's not the same. No, thing. they have not been to prison. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, and she reveals that she can skate. So they have kind of this thing in common. Yeah. And he again does this like you can change everything but fate. They go to the part of the park that he landscaped or, or uh, parkitected, I think is what they say. Yeah, it's like Poet's Corner inside that park. Yeah, yeah. He wrote that park. Yeah, he wrote yeah, yeah, yeah. Park. He's a great park author. Park writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we find out that she lit the tree with those extra lights. And this is kind of weird because he's like, I'm glad you there's this like, I'm glad you don't have low self-esteem, which is a strange kind of dickish thing to say to somebody. Right. Yeah. yeah but it's Amy Smart. I guess. And and this is where she admits that like she knew that she and Jack shouldn't have been together after six months in their last relationship. But she kept trying to make it work because she wanted to get married. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that happens, but it's real sad. But it also means she had the realization that she didn't want to be with Jack. When her mom died. So, like, I don't think Jack took it well when her mom died. I think he was like... Or he just wasn't very supportive or whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. He was like, oh, great. I guess we'll just do whatever you want to do today. It doesn't even necessarily <laughs> mean that as much as, like, sometimes people's deaths puts things in perspective I guess that's fair, and, yeah. And what you really, truly want in your life and relationships. And maybe he didn't fit into that. But then she kept trying to force her plan to work. Yeah. You know? Plans don't make you happy. Yeah, that's true. So they're about to kiss, but it chimes midnight. She wakes up on the floor of the store and then she again catches Jack at the jewelry store. They go to coffee and this is where he tells her that he was going to propose to her. Yeah. And then her mom died. And so, yeah, obviously there was some sort of disconnect in their relationship and it just wasn't going to work out. They weren't the right people to be together, basically. Right. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm glad I saw you today. We cut to dinner that night where she's with Miles at her parents' house. They're having a great time. And she makes like a giant gingerbread mansion. I would be so pissed if someone said, hey, I made dessert. And they went to the kitchen and came back with a gingerbread house. Like gingerbread <laughs> houses are not dessert. It's like Christmassy art. Like gingerbread houses taste like shit. <laughs> it's the combination of gingerbread in order to stand up as a house, you have to make your gingerbread pretty stiff. And so it's mm -hmm. not it's not <laughs> like a great mouthfeel as a cookie. No. But then also you have to use royal icing. So it's a lot of like hard, sweet yeah. things. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh -huh. I hate 
gingerbread. I like making them, but I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to throw it away like an adult. Don't get me wrong. I fully eat mine, but whatever. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, I totally eat mine too. I mean, yeah. I would have been fine eating a gingerbread house. You can also do them with graham crackers. Yeah, true. And those would be delicious. The last time I made a gingerbread house, like we had like a, not a competition, but we all like in the family, we had like, I don't know, 15 gingerbread houses. And like, we were just trying to make the best one. And my niece and her boyfriend made the Aya Sauron out of their gingerbread kit. It, <laughs> And it was like amazing. I was like, this is the, I love you guys so much. My, my family's cool as shit. That was in, in my last like senior year, I had like multiple periods of art. And one of the projects we did around Christmas is we had kits and we had to disassemble them and then reassemble them into like famous houses. So I made Snow huh. White's cottage. And so we had to do like stained glass windows and stuff. It takes for fucking ever, by the way. Like, sure. it's not a fast thing. Anyway, so uh, she realizes that at dinner that because she and Jack had coffee and kind of set the record straight, he didn't buy the ring. And so now she thinks that he's not going to be able to propose. And so she's changed fate. And so that's going to disrupt the cycle and ruin it. There's no reason why she should think this. None of this makes sense. She doesn't have the brooch. Who knows? Um, But so she kind of messes things up with Miles by talking about Zach and admitting that she loves him, even though they've met that first day. Yeah. And so she drives to the cabin only to find out that he proposed an hour ago without the ring and it's fine. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll drive you home in the morning. And she's like, don't worry, I won't be here long. And then she wakes up on the floor of the store. I, I just wonder, like, how far away was that cabin? Like, how much time did she spend going out there? Like, what do we do? Like, why even do that? That made no <laughs> sense to me. I was like, I am not going to go bust it on my ex and his new girlfriend after, like, they just got engaged. Like, they're definitely boning for four hours in a hot tub. Like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, California raisin style. So <laughs> she gets up the next day on the floor of the store and she's like despondent. And I don't understand why. Because I'm like, it's a new day. <laughs> like, Right. And she's like, I can't keep seeing him. It hurts too much. I'm like, why? He forgets what happens every time. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I get it, I guess. Anyway, so she goes to the bar super early and she talks to Toby and is who's the other guy who's always waiting for Phyllis. And they kind of commiserate and like have sad drinks together. And then she goes home and is mean to her neighbor again. It's almost like she unlearns all the things that she learned, which is ridiculous. She has like a bad day in the middle of all these days. Yeah. yeah. Which seems unnecessary or whatever. Right. But she catches her neighbor on the way to her neighbor going to mass and apologizes for being rude. And her neighbor's like, don't worry, tomorrow will be what you make of it. Like what you make of it. And she says, I'm old. I'm all about making good points. Basically like, hey, tomorrow's a new day. Just figure out tomorrow. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to the next day where she interrupts light up snowflake guy and is like, new design. You should do a new design. Yes. As she's doing that, she spots the kid that went missing from the group home, chases him down. And then here's what's crazy. So he gets away and then it's just immediately the next day. Yeah. So like, you know, we, we miss a whole day. That's when she learned ice cookies. Yeah, that's what she <laughs> But during that scene is where we get the 10 Lords of Leaping because you see right. he's number 10, the hockey team is the Lords, and he's jumping over a box and they do it in slow motion. And you're like, wow, okay, I get it. I get it, guys. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Can you imagine being on a team called the Lords? No. no. 
I mean, I guess if you went to like a super Christian school, <laughs> I'm by the power of God and anime on my side. Yeah, like, But then it wouldn't be plural. They're not polytheist. It could be just Lord. That's true. It, Who's your mascot? Jesus. Yeah, it, it'd be possessive <laughs> instead of plural. Yes. Yes. Yeah, just apostrophe. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, so we cut to the next day. She manages to follow him and finds out that he found a dog. And that's why he ran away because he couldn't have a dog at the group home. So she is just a white woman skulking behind a child through back alleys to find out what's going on. It's very crazy. I, I was like, it's what very is crazy. And then she like takes him to the hockey game and she's got all this paperwork for it to be a service dog. It's very, it's all, this is another one that just doesn't work. It's just weird. And again, why is there a hockey game on Christmas Eve? (laughs) Who did she get to notarize that paperwork or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) It's just so nuts. I was like, why isn't this the week before Christmas? My God. I honestly don't think that was actually official paperwork. I think she printed out how to make a dog a service dog from like Google and then like brought that with her. Yeah. Anyway, so she kind of engineers this date but they they don't end up going or we don't see it because it's the next day. We cut to the next day where she goes Christmas shopping with Toby to like give him a makeover. I did love that like to make him more handsome. She gets him like a suit and then takes his glasses off. And that's <laughs> he it. He takes his glasses yeah. off. They, she's all that him. And it was amazing. Yeah. She introduces her neighbor to Jim because mm-hmm. apparently they both love Mexico, which was the weirdest connection ever. And Jim seems like he's 20 years older than Amy Smart. But her neighbor seems like she's 20 years older than Jim. Him. And I think it's yeah. played like they like have a romantic connection. Like they're the same age, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah, real yeah. strange. Go for it, Jim. But yeah. also, like I've been set up for less reasons. That's true. <laughs> and listen, I, I'm not knocking old chicks. Old chicks know tricks, man. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm just being like, oh, Michael, I have a friend for you. I think I think you guys should meet. And I'm like, what do we? You know, like why do you think we would be good together? You're single. Yeah, oh, there was a lot of that when I was still single where it's like you just don't want to have five in your party because it's going to take longer to get sat. Right. That's what that's how I met the girl who didn't like the concept of fiction. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite oh stories. Oh my ever. god. <laughs> Does it like the concept of fiction? I don't like the concept of fiction, metaphors, or anyone who deals in silliness. I was like, I literally do not like you. (laughs) (laughs) And that is not fiction. (laughs) (laughs) So she runs into Jack and Nancy. Basically, is like, I'm super happy for you. I hope you find all happiness. She gets past the light guy who has now done the marry me lights. As opposed to the snowflake, which is a big jump from I made you lights because I don't understand how gifts work to let's get married and make this official forever. Right. And also, do you want to marry the guy who doesn't ever get you a gift but makes you a snowflake every year? I mean, it depends. I guess. I mean, if you really love snowflakes, like I'm go ahead, I guess. She hates snowflakes. She's admitted that she hates it. Yeah. Yeah. That dude has a huge dick. (laughs) (laughs) And it's oddly enough Shaped like a snowflake She seems very well adjusted And he's like I just don't understand Christmas or gifts or relationships And you're like He's a robot and we don't really (laughs) examine it in this film just like we don't examine Zach Morris murdering his wife. There's a prequel where she risked upon a Christmas star to have her vibrator come to life. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that person. And he will never stop. That's what he does. It's all he does is snowflakes. (laughs) 
That's why that character's name is Rabbit. Whoa, the Sperminator. (laughs) (laughs) I think we just wrote the first 30 pages of a movie that I want to see. I have a lot of good movie ideas to talk about this movie. What do you guys think about a Groundhog Day style movie, but it is your wife's funeral and then like the movie's about <laughs> you living that day over over and over again until oh you like God. comes to terms with the death and like can like move on. Oh my that God. Seems brutal and oppressive, and I don't think anyone wants to sit through it, but you should talk to Lars von Trier. I think you'd be into it. <laughs> but it's a comedy. Yes. This is a comedy. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> I could see that being very dark and very funny, Mikey. Oh, Dark comedy is my wheelhouse. Yeah. Anyway, so she shows up to the bar and she's introducing her friend to Toby, which again seems like a pawned off matchmaking. I don't know why she's like, you'd be perfect for my friend, but whatever. <laughs> uh, she gets to the date with Miles. She's willing to drink the beer. Which shows growth, I guess. I guess they bring everyone back to her parents' house, which seems impossible given the time frame. But also, all of those people are total strangers that she basically met that day. That's the magic of Christmas. That part <laughs> makes perfect sense. I said this when I when we were watching it. I was like, how rude is it to call your stepmom and be like, hey, I know you were preparing for a small dinner of four, but I'm going to bring over 48 more people. Yes. Day of. Okay. But if you go back four to seven or ten days of Christmas, they say, I wish we were having a Christmas party at they that dinner. They do. And they did make a giant roast, but still, like, that's still bonkers. Like, I like, can call my mom and be like, Mom, what do you think about a last minute Christmas Eve party where I invite a bunch of people and we, like, have Christmas stuff? Oh, Mikey, I'd love to come. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. You, yeah. you would have to call me at 10 a.m., for a party at seven right because you got to prepare right because you got to prepare yeah no well it's a potluck you know byob everything (laughs) anyway she says they they go to the house and she says to miles i want to spend every minute with you tonight but i have a favor to ask and that's when they all show up yeah so and and it just kind of pans around to like everyone getting cozy and having a good time and then the last one is she basically says to her dad, I miss mom, but I'm really happy you found Sally. And she starts to be real nice to Sally throughout the course. Yeah. Of, and I really like that. Yeah. yeah. And they start to sing 12 Days of Christmas as she and Miles leave. Like literally when they started singing it, I was like, please don't make us listen to the whole song. <laughs> the whole thing. And then when it cuts to the outside and the music's quieter, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And <laughs> they get outside and he's like, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And then also says that he hates that song because it's the Christmas bottles of beer song, which is true. Yeah, absolutely. Then she does something real weird. Yeah, where she's she kind of tells him what's going on, kind of. But I'm not talking officially. about when she says, I love you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and he's like, I did. This is my favorite part of the movie because he reacts realistically. I just met you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, she basically does say it's almost midnight, and he says, "Well, then let's not waste any more time." So he kisses her. Midnight passes. The day doesn't start again. Oh wait, and Mikey, you're talking about a different night that happened nights before. Oh, yeah, that we already see, talked these about. Nights, I just mix it all up because it all happens over and over again. Yeah, and there's too many <laughs> nights. Like, this is an understandable she mistake. She needed more, like, losing her mind days in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Anyway, so midnight passes. The day doesn't start again. She's still here. And he says, I hope you're here for a long time. And she says, what happens next? And they say that they're going to take it one date at a time. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen this movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about the 12 dates of Christmas? You should watch it at Christmas time. Yeah. Or any time of the year. It's okay. I mean, it's definitely like a movie you could turn on while you're 
like I don't know decorating your Christmas tree and you yeah. half watch it and sort of enjoy it. It's that sort of thing. Which is what all those movies are kind of supposed yeah, to do. Absolutely. Exactly. It's not yeah. Christmas Dune, but it's decent. Like it's Christmas it's Dune. Worth, it's worth yeah, watching. Christmas Dune at the sands of the North Pole filled with spice. Christmas Dune. The cheer must flow. <laughs> the cheer must flow. Yes. Yes. Santa, babe. House of Claws. <laughs> I'm Baron Claws. Yes. He just floats everywhere. Ho, ho, ho. There's a prophesized one. Rudolph with his nose so bright. So bright. <laughs> this Dune Christmas parody is getting written, and I'm loving it. Shit. I love Christmas stuff, man. I don't care if this movie was shit. I like just watching shitty movies on Christmas. I am the Quezox Santa Rock. <laughs> <laughs> the Benny Gesserit told me what they got you for Christmas, but we have to keep their secrets. Keep your hand in the stocking. If you take it out, I'll stab you with the candy cane. What's in the stocking? Pain. <laughs> but also, cold. And, and an orange with cloves in it and probably a candy cane. <laughs> um, It's Christmas. Who cares? Is there box office? <laughs> are fun facts or anything? Yeah, so Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? There are barely any fun facts. Well, hit us with those fun facts. Sun Dune, fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, and it is nearly impossible to determine the price of anything because this movie is bonkers. Right. But here's what I do have. Okay. The clock in her room is the same clock as the one from Groundhog Day on purpose. Sure. Because um, they were inspired by it. Uh, if you were eagle-eyed while watching the movie, you can see on each day they represent whatever the day is for 12 days of Christmas. So uh, the first day is a stuffed partridge in a pear tree, but also the evil brooch. I assume it's evil. Uh, the second day is two children dressed as turtle doves skipping down the sidewalk. Okay. The third day is the three roasted chickens with French flags being carried by chefs outside of Jeff's apartment. Jack's apartment, sorry. Right. The fourth day is the birds in the cages of the jewelry, sh jewelry shop. The fifth day is the perfume, which is five golden rings perfume. The sixth day is six children with geese hats in the conservatory. Oh, that she six and geese a gandering. Jim, yeah. Whatever. Six geese a laying. The seventh day is the seven swans of swimming, and it's the glass swans in the park. The eighth day is eight milking maids painted on jars at the coffee shop where she and Jack go. And the ninth day is uh, ladies dancing in the bar. The tenth day is the lords of leaping. The eleventh day is the pipers piping pizza. And the twelfth day is the twelve nutcracker drummers on display in the clothing store where Toby gets a new wardrobe. And... The ending That's scene they had to CGI in the snow. And those are oh. our fun facts. So thank you for your fun Dang. facts. Yeah, thank you so much for those awesome fun facts. There is no box office for this movie because it's an ABC family movie and they don't get released in theaters. So I don't have the budget or box office for it. Do you guys think they're still together? I hope so. I hope so too. Until he kills her. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're together for a few years and then she has a ladder accident. Then he gets a new ladder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then their daughter will have a step yeah. ladder mom. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dumbest joke and I love it. <laughs> I was just really sad that Kelly Kapowski wasn't in this movie because she died two years before it. She did? She was his wife, Mikey. 
Oh, let's end the episode on a high note. And um, what are we doing next week, Paige? Oh my God, are you guys ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are we doing next week, Paige? So next week we are doing a princess for Christmas. To clarify, not a Christmas princess, not the princess switch, not a Christmas (laughs) prince, not a prince for Christmas, a princess for Christmas starring... Sir Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Princess Switch. I don't think we're ready for that yet because that is a franchise. The third one just there came out. There are three Princess way. Switches. What? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the one with Katie McGrath, Roger Moore, Travis Turner, Miles Richardson as Paisley Winterbottom. Yeah, Paisley. I can't <laughs> wait to uh, text you guys three times to make sure I have the right movie. I can't wait either. <laughs> I can't wait for you to watch the wrong movie and then still have to talk about it on the episode. Yeah, I'll be like, and then there was a princess and it was Christmas time. I'm hoping this for everyone. I feel like everyone is going to watch a different princess Christmas movie. And it's not going to matter. Everyone's going to be like, I fully remember this story beat happening in my princess movie too. (laughs) Then they fell in love. So your homework for next week is to watch a princess movie featuring an actor that played Bond. <laughs> and then listen to our episode on a princess Christmas. What's it called? A princess for Christmas. Now, if you don't have a Paisley Winterbottom in your Christmas movie, <laughs> it's the wrong one. Honestly, I am of the opinion that if you don't have a Paisley Winterbottom bottom in any of your movies, it's the wrong one. It's the wrong one. Uh, I totally, because it cracks me up every time, want to watch the trailer with you guys again after this. I don't know why it makes me so happy. <laughs> because it looks it so terrible. It's going to be terrible. I can't wait. I can't wait. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I have to look one up. So, while you look one up, let me tell them how they can have their review on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? All right. Hex Devour Hope. Okay. Says, sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> okay. So I'm not one for romantic movies. I mean, who is nowadays? I would rather watch myself getting punched in the face in a loop than watch one. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that being said, I could listen to this trio talk about rom-coms all day. Oh, why, thank you. The descriptions Aww. of the scenes are, well, bonkers and enjoyable. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Also, Michael's single jokes make my give me life because I, too, am perpetually single for no fault but my own. That's 100% while I'm single. No fault. Of my own. <laughs> Jeez. That's bullshit. <laughs> Will be no time to discuss it. Unfortunately, we're out of time this week. <laughs> Let me drop in the plugs, Mikey. Then we can, <laughs> then we can bounce out. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. 
except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Welcome to my red and green room of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> There's Legos on the floor and the only thing to eat is gingerbread houses. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Bye! Gingerbread nerds. <laughs>